Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Luke chapter 15, and I'm, I want to preach evangelistically today. I'm fishing again. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 3. Uh, two parables by Jesus, Luke 15, verse 3. Glad to see you all have your Bibles, too. I like that. Bring your Bible to church. You know, I threatened for years I was going to preach heresy one Sunday just see how many of you caught it. And how many of you I walk out and you walk by me and say, that was a good sermon, Pastor. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? Luke 15, verse 3. So Jesus spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Now notice this, and Jesus said, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance? Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Say amen to the word. Amen. Thank you for respecting the word of God. You can be seated. So let me ask you a question that I know most of you are probably going to answer in the affirmative. Have you ever lost something that was valuable and important to you? Let me see your hand. I have. And it happened recently. In July, after my father died, a couple weeks later, Leah and I and my mom and her sister, along with Jaron's family, went down to one of our favorite places, down to Seabrook Island, and spent a week to try to get a reprieve, get ourselves together and get out of town. And so when I am at the beach, I take my shark fishing gear, and I go to the beach, and I sit out there all day, and I stay on the beach fishing and reading and getting a good suntan with this Spanish blood that I have flowing through me, and I get dark like I do. And one day, it was actually Sunday, I was out there, Mom and my Aunt Linda, and you could see a big bad storm coming. So we started gathering all of our stuff, and I'm trying to get all of my fishing gear up, and I had an umbrella, and I had taken my phone and put it in the drink cup holder on my chair. And thus, in the rush of trying to get out of there, when I picked the chair up, not noticing, the phone slipped out and fell on the beach, and I didn't see it. And I went back to the house, and the rains came, and the floods came, and, uh, and then it cleared out. And I was at the house for two or three hours, and then I realized where is my phone? And I could not find it. I looked everywhere, and then it hit me. It's on that beach. I went back to the beach knowing that it was really a waste of time because when I went out there, it was low tide. 
By the time I got back, it was high tide. And I said, my phone is right out there somewhere. I hope that somebody picked it up and I took it to the guardhouse. I went to the guardhouse, the gatehouse, talked to the security guards, and they said, no, no one's told it, turned it in. For three days, I kept going back and nothing. And I finally said, well, it's gone. That was on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. On Wednesday, I went back out to the beach. And, you know, you don't always go to the same spot because there are other people at the beach, so you sort of have to go to the spots where you can get away from everybody so I could throw up my rods and then terrify them when I catch a three-foot shark. That's how you clear out the beach. And so just picking a random spot that was open, I walked over and I took my rod holder and I went to set it at the edge of the surf, and when I looked down about a two feet into the surf, I looked, and there laid my phone. And I picked it up, and sure enough, there was Bo's crazy-looking face staring back up at me. The thing was still running. Apple would love to do a commercial with me, wouldn't they? The thing was still running after laying in the surf for that many days. And I thought I could salvage it, but the salt water had already done the damage, and it wouldn't charge, and eventually it, it, it crashed and went to phone heaven. But to be honest, even though uh, the salt water had ruined it, it was at least exciting and elating that I found my phone. And I just thought today I could just tell you story after story of times when I've lost something or even when I've been lost. <laughs> it's just a great feeling when you find something that you think has been lost. The two stories that we read are parables, and parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. There are, there, there, there are spiritual truths. Usually they contain one main spiritual truth, though there might be secondary spiritual truths. And they are stories about people who lost something valuable and then found them. And so... We need to look at these stories because they are parables. Jesus intends for us to examine these stories and realize that there are some spiritual truths there. So we need to go treasure hunting and see what we can learn from these two stories. Now, they're very simple. A shepherd has 99 sheep, but he loses one. A woman has 10 coins, but she loses one. We're just going to go through this very simply today. But I want to help you understand what we're talking about. I did a study of the word lose or loss that Jesus uses, that Dr. Luke uses in telling Jesus' story. And the word means to lose utterly. Utterly. How many of you have ever lost your keys? Okay, you didn't lose them. Most likely you misplaced them. Honey, I can't find my keys. Do you know where my, well, where's the last place that you were? Well I, well, I know they're here because you got us home. So they got to be in the house. How many of you have had that conversation? All of us have had that same conversation. I wish I had a $100 bill for every time that's happened to all of us. So you know it's in the house. You just got to find it. And then you look back, and oh, yeah, they're in that other pair of pants that I took off. You didn't lose them. You just misplaced them. 
These articles, this sheep and this coin weren't misplaced. They were lost. The sheep and coin were nowhere to be found. The sheep had vanished from the flock. The coin had disappeared from the money bag. And the Greek word carries the sense, this is really important, of something being lost to the point that it is considered destroyed or perished, like my phone. As soon as I went back to the beach that Sunday afternoon and I saw that the tide had come all the way up and if it was out there, I knew it was out there, I don't know how far, I thought, it's gone. As a matter of fact, we'll use this phrase, it's gone for good. Have you ever lost something and said, well, that's gone for good? Okay, somebody stole my golf clubs one time. They weren't lost. They were stolen. I'm not planning on getting those back. It's gone for good. That's what we're talking about. The shepherd says, matter of fact, the other shepherds probably said, oh, if you lost it out in the wilderness, it's gone for good. That woman lost that coin, and I bet her first instinct was, this thing's lost for good. I have a dirt floor. There's no telling how much dirt has got over this thing. I'll never find. That's the sense, lost for good. Keep that in your mind. Why? Because the lost sheep and the lost coin, and you know this because Jesus says it, is symbolic of someone, a sinful person, a person that's in sin, whether you're just an out-and-out sinner or you're a backslider, someone that used to serve the Lord went back into sin. You're the lost coin, you're the lost sheep, and you are like the sheep and the coin. You are utterly lost. It isn't that God has misplaced you. You are lost to the point that if something doesn't happen, you're going to die and you're going to spend eternity eternity separated from God. Does that paint the picture for you? I think it helps us to see. You know, I have had more people, sinful people, say to me, I said, where where are you right now with the Lord? I'm away from the Lord. They even know it. I'm away from the Lord. That means you're lost. That's just another way of saying I'm spiritually lost. I'm away from him. It's not that you strayed. You're gone. Sin separates sinners from the Lord. Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your sins, your iniquities have separated you from your God. And again, the same is true for you if you're backslidden. And so you can't work your way back to the flock. Do you know what sheep do when they're lost? They plant themselves down, they lay down, and they won't budge. That's an easy meal for a coyote. They just won't budge. And so you you can't work your way back. It's not in your nature. Now, people try with religious activity, and they go to church and charitable works, and they say, well, this will help me get back towards God or get me back with God. But God never said that's how you get back. You don't get back. I have been lost before. I got lost in the woods one time deer hunting with another member of our church. I had harvested two deer. One of them ran off. It was an evening hunt, so it was starting to get dark. I thought he knew the land. I had never hunted that property before. I didn't know where I was, and we went and tracked that deer, and we found it. I turned to Mike. I said, do you know how to get out of here? I said, because I have a pretty good sense in the wood. I said, I think we're supposed to go this way. He said, I think we're supposed to go this way, which, by the way, was the wrong way, just for the record. And it's getting dark, and I had left my coat, and it's December, and it's cold. And all of a sudden, it, there's no road noise. We are that deep in this woods, and I don't know. He doesn't know the property. He's only hunted there one time. 
And it, that sickening feeling got in my stomach. We're lost. My stomach got sick. I grabbed my, thank God for cell phones. I grabbed my cell phone. I looked at him. I said, let me tell you something. You better call somebody who's in this club. You better call the DNR. I don't care if you call the National Guard. I said all this to him. You call somebody and get them out here now. That's lost. And if we'd have gone the way Mike wanted to go, we'd have been more lost. You can't get back to God. We were in need of a rescue. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. Two members of the club who did know the club came down. They sent the police. The police came to the edge of the club, and they said, we're not going in there. We don't know where you are. The DNR came said, we're not going in there. We don't know the property. We had to wait for those two guys. They finally got there. They came in the club and finally found us. We got the deer out, and we got everything out, and then, of course, the DNR had to process us and go through and fill out paperwork. When we left that club, it was midnight. And we went to the Waffle House. Well, I hadn't eaten. I was hungry. When you're so lost that you can't find your way out, that's what sin is. And anytime you're in sin, you tell yourself, well, I'm okay with God. No, you're not. If I'd have looked at Mike and said, well, this, we're okay. No, we're not. We're just deceiving ourselves. So that's the sheep and that's the coin, a sinner. But the Bible says, the story says, that the shepherd and the woman went looking for what they have lost. And they represent Jesus. Here's the spiritual truth. You can't find Jesus, but Jesus can find you. He knows right where you are. He's looking for sinful people in order to save them from their sins and to reunite them with God the Father. Jesus said in another place in the Gospels, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. That's his mission. It was his mission on earth. It's still his mission today. And his goal is to bring you home to God. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. I can get you out, and I can get you to God. You don't come looking for God. He comes looking for you. Some people have said, well, I'll I'll get saved when I'm good and ready. There's some things I want to do and a lifestyle I want to live. Listen, I understand that, but I have news for you. You need to hear me, okay? You want to talk about sin? You're an expert in sin? Well, I'm not an expert, but, I mean, that's my field of, of study is God. So let me just tell you something. You're not going to get saved when you're good and ready. You'll get saved when he's good and ready. You don't just say, well, one day, okay, well, I've lived my life and lived in sin. I think I'll just, I'm, I'm getting close to death. I guess I might as well maybe make things right with the Lord. No, he comes looking for you. And he calls. Those guys that came to the woods that day, they got down to where my four-wheeler was. I left my four-wheeler there, and they, they saw it, and they started yelling. And they called. They said, can you hear us? Oh, they're at the top of the hill. They said, can you hear us? I said, no. I said, go down the hill to my four-wheeler. And they went down to my four-wheeler, and they, I said, yell now. And they yelled. I could hear them. I said, come on, Mike. Let's go. It, and I said, it's that way, by the way. And he said, leave the deer. I said, don't leave the deer. We worked too hard to get it. 
drug that deer back out. Greatest sound. I mean, I appreciated the phone. I appreciated the, 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 the Hodges policeman running his siren way at the entrance so we could at least hear somebody was there. But what I really loved is when I finally heard somebody calling out my name. And I said, that's the direction I got to go. See, right now you're just, you're hearing me on the phone. I'm preaching. But you need to hear Jesus calling your name. And when he hears you calling, you hear him calling your name, then that's when you have to respond and that you have to start in his direction. He gives the invitation. You have to respond. Now, the story says the sheep and the coin were eventually found by the shepherd and the woman. Don't y'all love a story with a happy ending? You know what movie I hate? Mrs. Doubtfire. Horrible movie. I don't care how funny Robin Williams is. They're supposed to get together at the end. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But they end up divorcing. depressing I like stories with a happy ending I don't like it to be hanging how many of you have watched Inception that's the movie about the dreams the dream and a dream and a dream if you've ever watched the movie the end of the movie I'm going to ruin it for you now at the end of the movie the, 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 the main character turns this top and he starts turning it and if it just keeps spinning 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 and spinning never falls he's still in a dream he could get in dreams. But if the top falls over, then he's in reality. And I'm sitting in the movie theater with Evan, and we're watching this, and it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it's spinning, and it looks like it's starting, and all of a sudden, the screen went black, and the movie ended. In the theater, out loud, I went, no, no, they did not just do that. That loud. Evan is sliding down under his seat. I cannot believe they just did that. That is not right. I notice he won't go to the movies with me anymore. I like stories with a happy ending. How about you? And here's the good news from these stories. If you're in sin and you're away from God, you can be found. Hallelujah. You can be rescued. How many remember when you were rescued by Jesus? There's hope for you. He's been rescuing people for 2,000 years. This church is filled with people who've been rescued by Jesus. Do y'all remember when you were lost in sin? And, I, and by the way, there's no indication that the shepherd or the woman were negatively influenced by how long the sheep or the coin were lost. We don't know how long it was or how dirty they were because you know that sheep was dirty. And, and had been in the mud and brambles and briars and sticks stuck in its wool. And the coin was in, it was a dirt floor. It was under the dirt. They didn't care about that. All they cared about is that what was lost had been found. And I know I've seen sinners and backsliders think that they've been in sin for far too long. And so they can't be saved. I've been in this thing too long. God can't save me. Too far gone. Some have thought they had too much dirt on them to be accepted by God. I'm, I'm too sinful. God wouldn't forgive me. You don't know what I've done. And they buy into the lie that they're utterly lost. See, lost, utterly, hopeless. I guess why I'm here today is to tell you that what this story tells us 
is that you're never utterly lost. Listen to this. The longevity of your sin or the depravity of your sin means nothing to God. Let me say that again. The longevity of your sinful ways, the depravity, the depth of your depravity, that's meaningless to God. Because last time I checked, the blood of Jesus washes away every sin. All of it. Gone. Your past is irrelevant. Your sin rap sheet is a non-issue. Because his focus is on the here and now and on the future. And he will wash you and he will change you and he will cleanse you. And he will restore you and you'll be right with God and you'll walk daily with him. All because Jesus... 2,000 years ago, died on a cross and paid sin's price for you and did for you what you can't do for yourself. And then the story ends with incredible rejoicing. Musicians, please come. The shepherd rejoiced. The woman rejoiced. They called their friends and their neighbors. They told them the story, and they rejoiced. It always feels awesome when you find something that you thought you had lost for good. Don't you always tell somebody? I guarantee you do. Nobody keeps that news to themselves. As a matter of fact, you start looking for somebody to tell, right? You want to tell somebody. The worst thing in the world would be playing on a golf course, Woody, and hit a hole in one and there's nobody there to tell or to witness it to make sure it's true. When you find something, you, want, you pick up the phone, you want to tell somebody it's news worth sharing. And what's amazing is if I don't even care about what it is that you've lost, but you come and tell me and you say, I lost this. I thought it was gone for good, but guess what? I just found it. I don't even know, but I get a grin on my face, and I'm like, that's awesome. I don't know what that is, but that's awesome. Because there's something inside of us that resonates that when something is lost and that it's found, we just all can can identify with that. Puts a smile on everybody's face. When I found my phone, even though eventually it didn't work, I took it back to the house, and I looked, I brought it in, I said, y'all not going to believe this. And everybody smiled, everybody laughed, everybody thought it was great. And I tell you that today because if you are a sinner and you give your life to Jesus today, I guarantee you three things are going to happen. One, God will rejoice. God will. I know God is a spirit, but he uses anthropomorphism, so I'm going to use one. It will put a smile on his face. And second, the angels in heaven will rejoice. You know, angels don't understand salvation. Angels aren't saved. Only humans are redeemed. And the angels... I remember somebody said there is a song that we'll sing a song the angels cannot sing. When we sing the song of the redeemed when we all get to heaven, the angels will just sit back with all their splendor and they're going to be watching us going, it's amazing. It's amazing. They were made in the image of God and they sinned and they rebelled against him, but then the God's son went and died for them and he redeemed them and changed them and transformed them, made them back into his image. And they went through something we never went through. 
They can sing a song we can't sing. They know, they know what it's like to be lost and to be found, to be blind and they can see, to be away from God and get back to God. We've never experienced that, but it must be glorious. And they know how wonderful heaven it is and how wonderful it is to have unending relationship with the Father. And so when you, when you don't have it and then you get saved and now you've got it, they rejoice and they say, now they know what we know. Now they're going to experience what we experience. But there's a third group. Jesus said, heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. I don't have solid biblical evidence, okay? So I'm going out on a limb here and taking some license. At least I'm honest about my preaching. I'm going out on a limb here. But I'm going to go on the limb based on this verse that it said, heaven rejoices. So somehow, elder, they get the news. Am I right? I mean, they can't rejoice unless they know that something's happened on earth. Are y'all with me? So I just got to thinking, if somebody in this house today who doesn't know Jesus Maybe somebody watching online doesn't know Jesus. Then in the next few moments, you pray and ask God to forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and you turn your life over to him and you do what we sing. I will make room for you. As a matter of fact, I want you to sing that. To do whatever you want to. If you do that today and your mama's in heaven, I can just see the Lord saying, Honey, come over here. Yes, Lord. I got some news for you. You do? Mm-hmm. Your boy went to high praises this morning. He did? Mm-hmm. And I had the man of God preach a sermon on salvation. He did? Guess what? You ready? What, Lord? Your boy got saved this morning. I saved him. I rescued him. Oh, my Lord, the hairs are standing up on my arms right now. Tony, what do you think they're doing up there? What do you think Mama's going to do? I don't know. The Bible says he'll wipe away all tears from her eyes. So I don't know if you can still cry up there, and then one day he's just going to wipe them all off. But I can see tears streaming down her face. Now, if they don't cry anymore, then wipe away the tears. But I know this. I know what she would. I bet a big grin gets on her face, and she's going to say, really, Lord? Yes, yes, I just watched. Matter of fact, we just wrote his name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's in, honey. He's in. He's in. He's saved. He's, I know you're here and he's there, but I'm telling you, I just washed his sins away. Don't you tell me. She's just going to say, thank you, Lord, and walk off. She's going to shout all over glory. She's going to shout and rejoice and scream and holler, and then she's going to grab everybody in her family that's in heaven and say, y'all, come over here, because she's from the south. Y'all, come over here. You're not going to believe this. My boy just got saved. My boy just got saved. Jesus just told me about what? Come here. Five people, ten people, a hundred people, thousand people come running. The angels are going, oh, it happened again, didn't it? Yeah, look at that happened again. My boy just got saved. Y'all don't know whether to clap or shout or cry. Pastor, you really think it happens that way? That's what I think happens when I read that story. 
there's some shouting and rejoicing going on. If there's any tears that can flow, God's wiping them away because they're tears of joy. Your mama, your daddy may be in heaven. They may be gone, but they prayed prayers over you, sir. You got people right now still pray for you. Your grandma prayed prayers over you. She may have been in heaven now for 20, 30 years, but she prayed prayers over you. God hasn't forgotten those prayers. God hasn't forgotten. And if you'll get saved this morning, ma'am, I'm telling you, there's going to be some shouting going on in heaven. People are going to be rejoicing because you gave your life to Jesus. You are lost, but you're found. I want you to stand with me all over this church. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.